Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, episode six. Uh, I'm Josh Shelton with your with my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, what's up, buddy? Good, man. Good. Um Kind of trying to get back in the swing of things after taking last week off and being all over the place this week. So, but uh, good. The weather's so good this time of year. So, really enjoying uh, the weather over here in Texas and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, we were we took off last Friday for Good Friday Easter Easter weekend. Uh, so we have a couple of weeks worth of, worth of news. Nothing too big, but uh, I'm excited to jump into it. Before we do, I wanted to. Remind you that we have some jobs posted at globalenergymedia.com slash jobs. I checked uh, about 30 minutes ago. We had 20 jobs posted. Ryan, I think uh, you have a job also you, you were going to mention. Yeah, yeah. We uh, So for those of you who don't know, I work for R-Square Global, and um, we are getting ready to hire a civil engineer or civil engineer type. Um, I'm waiting for the full description of exactly what we're looking for, and that will either be for our Foley, Alabama office, which is right next to Orange Beach, so... Um, or our DFW office. And so um, if you're interested in that, just go to globalenergymedia.com slash contact and just shoot me a note. And um, also, if we're not connected on LinkedIn, uh, I will be posting the job probably uh, Monday or Tuesday of next week so you can kind of see the full description of exactly what we're looking for. Um, so, yeah, Josh, that's what we got going on, man. Great, great. Well, uh, Ryan, another thing before we jump in, uh, Willis McNeil, uh, we appreciate the review, man. And uh, you had some questions. Want to let you know that we have seen those and we'll be working those into the schedule next couple of weeks. Uh, so, Ryan, before we before we jump in, uh, is there anything anything you have? Yeah, uh, one thing, Josh. Um, you know, as we talked about before, I have another podcast, the Global Energy Leaders Podcast, and we've kind of talked about this this price. You know, predictions. Um, I, I interviewed an analyst the other day, and he's coming on here early May. So, um, and we kind of go back and forth over the oil projections. And he's a little bit more optimistic than I am. He's thinking seventy dollars a barrel by the end of the year. Um, so, if you don't listen to the Global Energy Leaders pro, uh, podcast, go check that out. I think he's coming out mm, second, third week of May. Also, um, if you're interested in energy in general, we're having a Trump 100 Round Day table for the Global Energy Leaders podcast, and that will be the week of May the third or the uh, week of May the third. So. Um, and so, um, with that being said, you can go and we'll have on someone from Forbes, um, uh, someone from the blaze and the, and the Washington, uh, post, I believe. And so, um, we're going to discuss all things Trump and energy. And so you might want to check that out as well. Oh man, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Well, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and jump right in. We have a few articles we wanted to go over with you. The first one is from, uh, the times record. It is Texas oil and gas industry has a strong start to 2017. Uh, looking over, looking over this, they basically go back to November last year and show that, uh, the oil and gas industry has been going slowly, uh, increasing and improving month over month, uh, seven straight months. It has improved. We're down a uh, year over year over year this month, but for the past seven months, it's been improving. And, uh, he, one of the high notes of the article is that uh, after he mentions that we've lost a hundred thousand jobs uh, over the downturn that we've added 9,000 since September of last year. 
So jobs are starting to really stream back into the oil and gas industry. And uh, it looks like we're going to have a pretty good year of recovery. Yeah, no, sorry, Josh, let me cut you off there. A lot of excitement for sure. Um, A lot more rigs. If you go uh, in the article, like you said, there's, I think you said like a 43, 44% increase in rigs in the first quarter of this year from uh, last year. Um, A lot more drilling permits are issued. And so it's, it's exciting time in Texas, obviously. And and as we've kind of talked on the show, it's the Permian's obviously leading the way, but you're, you're seeing the Eagleford and even the Austin chalk is starting to get a little bit of a, a little bit of attention and even East Texas. And we're going to kind of touch on that towards the end of the show. I know, but, um, Definitely a lot of excitement. And one of the things to consider, Josh, is that when we look at stuff like this, you know, we always kind of go to these numbers, and they're easy to get for the, the drilling, okay? So the drilling, you got the Railroad Commission there. You don't see a lot of talk about, you know, pipelines and what's going on there because it's not, it's not the data's not recorded the same way. Um, but anytime you see a well being drilled, well, there's a lot of jobs that are created from that. So you got the people who are producing it, people who are supplying the, the producers, you know, all this stuff. And so um, sometimes I kind of feel like, you know, even though we try to take a wide view, we really get focused in on, well, here's the rig count, here's the permits, and we don't think about all of the all the people that, that, that impacts by drilling one well, how many jobs are involved with that process, and then you got to get the product from the well to somewhere else, pipeline or truck or whatever you're doing. Well, there's jobs there, and then you got to get to the facility. So it's a, it's a very expansive tree, if you will, and sometimes we kind of get lost in the fact of we look at just the raw numbers of, you know, the permits going up or the, the rig count going up, and we don't really think about everything that's connected to that and how far and wide reaching that is. Right. Yeah. Just when those numbers go up, the amount of jobs that are actually entailed with those, you know, 9,000 is actually much more than that. There's so many other jobs that have to go into, uh, into a job like a pipeline, you know, surveys and uh, all the rest. Right. And you think about truck drivers, you know, you don't think of truck drivers, when you think of truck drivers, you don't think of them as typically oil and gas jobs, but, but they can be, you know, because you got people hauling all kinds of stuff around. And so, um, you know, truck driving jobs are impacted by the oil and gas economy because they're going to be taking out various, you know, taking I mean, taking the oil or taking the sand or whatever they're doing um, to and from the job site, taking equipment. And so just, just something like that, that you don't typically go oil and gas jobs are being, you know, are on the rise. We don't think about truck drivers. And that's a job that is a good paying job for any, you know, for any kind of um, education level can go and get. But that's a job that, boom, right there, that as production goes up, more of those type of jobs are available. So it's, and you can keep on and going on and on and on about all the jobs. And so if you have truck driver jobs, what does that do? Well, you got to have people to fix the trucks. You got to have tires made. So, you know, you can just see how far reaching it goes if you really get into um, the impact of all that. Right. Well, uh, one more thing before, before we uh, move on, uh, there's a, a, a statistic here I wanted to point out. Wellhead prices of crude oil averaged 48 47 per barrel that's 60 percent higher than the first quarter of 2016 so we're comparing the first quarter of 2016 the first quarter of 2017 and we're up 60 percent so the price uh, the prices are going up which uh, is helping everyone get profitable and uh, that's what we that's what we see in all the investments that's going on in and around the permian um, before we move to the next article ryan is there anything you wanted to touch on before we we jump over there yeah and, and just to kind of you know, continue with the stats that, that's just kind of piggybacks off of yours. That's a four, that's a 14 B with a billion dollar difference, you know? And so you look at, right. you know, I mean, that's, that's a, so it's, you know, we think we thought it's percentages and 60% higher. Also, the thing that you've seen is, is now that we've gone, 
um, on a 60% spread from a year ago, you're seeing that companies are, are saying, you know, hey, even if the price drops to the 40s or whatever, um, this is kind of their break-even point. So we have a, a wide spread over this year that we've seen um, as we've gone through the downturn and we're kind of leveling out it, we, we hope. Um, you've seen companies that are able to say, okay, you know, during that 60% swing, um, these are, this is where we can make money, and this is where we can make money. And so you, 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 it's it's given us a better picture of knowing what we can expect if we go through another downturn, um, you know, a double dip recession, if you will, the next year or two years. Uh, we know that companies can make money at thirty five or forty because they have gone through it. And so it's it's, it's I'm, I'm optimistic from that standpoint because we do know what the market can do, even if it does um, start to sink back some. Right. All right, we'll move into the next article from Fuel Fix. Uh, this article uh, title is Oil and Gas Numbers Boom, a New Cycle of Expansion, expert says. Uh, this is going over a lot of the same stuff that was in the in the previous article. And they mentioned the employment's risen by 9,000, which we've already touched on. Uh, but here we focus more on just the cycle of expansion. Uh, just uh, speaking of the recovery of 2017, all these businesses are making all these investments in and around the Permian and the Eagleford. Uh, there's just a lot of investments going on. And uh, a couple of interesting things in here. The crude oil production is down 3% uh, this month. Uh, but like we said, the prices are going up. So uh, production and profit is actually um, improving. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about this article? Well, I think if you want to kind of, like you said, there's a lot of kind of duplicate information. But if you want kind of the, the footnotes version of the previous article, this is a good place to go and say, okay, I don't want to get, get all the numbers. Um, this is a good place to go. Um, the only thing I would say is that um, this article, because it is a little bit of, of a condensed version, it doesn't give you a fuller picture as the previous right. article does. And so it's kind, of a, it's kind of a snapshot. And so it's saying, well, it, you know, you can't really, I don't think, draw a ton from this as far as where things are going, where they're heading. Um, but, but in general, again, again, um, you have a different publication saying, Hey, that the companies are expecting big things for 2017. And I think that we are just a few months away to be able to figure out what really 2017 is going to do for us. Right. Um, same thoughts. I, I thought there was a lot of duplicate information. So I just want to touch on it as it was really a condensed version. If you wanted to get just a quick look over, uh, some of the stuff we're talking about, uh, this was a, a good little snapshot of the information we covered in the longer article. It's the cliff notes. It's like the cliff right. notes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump over to the, the third article. Uh, this one is this one really is the, long. Yeah, no, no cliff notes here, Josh. No <laughs> cliff notes here, man. This, this is one of the longest articles we've done. And the title of this one is Why the Permian Doesn't Keep OPEC Awake at Night. Uh, so I, I read through this article, and the guy just goes – very in-depth, uh, looking at the international uh, scene, comparing the Permian to other uh, you know, other basins in and around the area in Texas and even over in Iran. And uh, man, he just basically he's arguing that some of the some of the statements that have been made about the Permian uh, upsetting the OPEC is really exaggerated. Which uh, I think every everyone's pretty much aware that the Permian is not going to just upset the international market. Um, what did you think about the article overall, Ron? Yeah, you know, one of the things, Josh, if you remember a few weeks ago, there was an article that said uh, OPEC versus Permian or something like that, and he may have actually listed that as one of them in here. I don't remember. He had a handful of them in here that he kind of pulled out the the, the, the the titles as being a little bit uh, too much hyperbole for his liking. And I agree that, you know, he, here's kind of my deal is that um, – 
the, the biggest frustration I have with the reporting of the oil news is that it's very sensationalized. And that become, that's because if you turn on the nightly news, it's the same way, okay? And so they're kind of taking their cue from there. And so what the what I see is I see a lot of people who are looking for jobs and they're reading headlines going, oh, man, it's about to be here, it's about to be here, about to be here, um, because you'll see these crazy articles that, that, that appear to – you know, a lot of fluff, and the the, the the headline is overhyped, and you go read it, you're like, eh, probably not. And so I, I do I do sympathize with the standpoint of, just from a standpoint of saying, hey, um, let's kind of get the facts of the people, because there are people who were, who were and maybe still are holding on for a job trying to figure out when will the market re- rebalance. And so I think we need to take that in consideration when we're talking about the, the oil economy. Now, with all that being said, I would just say that um, one of the things I pointed out a few weeks ago is that OPEC, OPEC versus the Permian isn't really a thing because the Permian isn't a thing as far as it's not a it's not a company it's, it's you know it's just it's an area. OPEC is is these nations that are built of all these companies and, and you know it's it's fundamentally different. Um, and so just on that standpoint alone, um, yeah, there's a lot of validity there. On top of that, and he points out here is there's other places that are doing more production than the Permian. Um, and so I think he, you know, I have to go back to the bottom of the article. I think he was talking about, you know, just Canada was going to do three times more than the Permian this year or something like that. Um, so yeah, I think that we, we as Americans, we want to be, you know, we, we're a very proud nation and nothing wrong with that. And, um, especially us in Texas, we're you know, proud Texans. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really think that OPEC is sitting back looking fearful of what's going on in the Permian. Um, and, and we, we don't want to be that way. And here's why we want all to be a global deal we want the market to figure out what's going on um so we don't want as you know free market capitalists we don't want opec to be a cartel that's trying to influence the price either um and so we don't want the permian to control the price we don't want the the um the cartel to uh, to control the price we want the market to figure out and that's that's going to include all of the world where there's oil, oil and gas production so that was kind of the thing that i think that that we sometimes we kind of miss and and the reason is josh is quite simple our job is more dependent on what's happening in the Permian. You know, our family's getting fed on every other Friday because of what's happening in the Permian, not what's happening down in, you know, Venezuela. We're not nearly right. as concerned with that. But from a global standpoint, yeah, he is, he's spot on that the oil, oil market is a global market. There's so many factors that go on. And what's going on in the Permian, it does have an impact, but not nearly as much as we probably like, for, like to believe it does. Agreed, agreed. I, I uh, just reading the article, I, I thought that. You know all the arguments that he made were were spot on. He he was basically showing that in comparison to you know the global production of oil, um, the Permian is not you know that it's not that major. You know there's so many other basins, so many other uh, rigs that are that are drilling. And, and hey, Josh, um, let me just interject. Here, here's I, I scroll down and found it. He says if. This is about halfway through the article. If the EIA is right, by the end of the next year, the Permian will will will. Uh, Will account for three percent of global supply, a fifty percent increase from current levels. So you know, at, and then he talks about the um, the the Saudis or or uh, I think it's six percent. He says so three percent of the global market. That obviously that's something, but it's not it's not nearly enough to say, hey, this is what's going on. And also, if you think about it from this standpoint, well, um, if everyone in a sense in a perfect world would be trying to figure out how they're going to uh, drill based on what the market's doing. If 3% of the market just goes off for whatever reason, then the other 97% would react in a certain way that would, you know, consume that 3%. And so, I, you know, there's a lot going on there. But, yeah, 3% of the market is what the Permian's uh, projected to hold. 
Right, which is still which is still an incredible amount. I Absolutely, mean, really, it's, it's not. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not a. That's not a slight. That's that's an attaboy. But it's it, we got to put the attaboy in perspective to where it's at in the global market. Exactly, and that's what he does a great job of. Just saying, look, look, guys, before you think we're changing the world here, uh, we're producing three percent of the of the global market. So, uh, great article. Uh, if you're interested in taking a look at that, we'll have that in the show notes. Uh, moving to the, yeah, the hey, final Josh, article. One, one, one more quick thing before we hop on here is one of the things we've talked about. Uh, I know offline, and maybe some on the podcast is um, a lot of these articles don't really give you a lot of numbers and a lot of factors to figure out if they're uh, you know, if they're really considering all the things that, that are involved with the process of determining the price of oil and what's oil going to do. Now, I'm sure if we sit down and broke this down, he probably forgot a few things or didn't include them. But this article does a very good job. So for those of you who are always looking for more information about how to understand the price of the uh, the barrel of oil, what's going on with the global market, this is a really good starting spot on just how to think about it from a global perspective. So I would really encourage those uh, those of you who are kind of you know into that, that part of the market to really go read this. And there's other articles as well, but this is a good starting spot. Yeah, this is great article. Great article. All right, Ryan, moving to the final article uh, for today. We have from Fuel Fix, Exco resources to sell off Eagle Fort assets for $300 million. Basic gist of this article is uh, they're selling off some of their some of their uh, property in the Eagle Fort, and they are going to be putting that money into some drilling that's going to be taking place in the Haynesville and Bossier Shale in East, East Texas and Western Louisiana. Uh, so they, they're trying to liquidate some of their funds there and trying to put that into a, a different area. Um, thought it was pretty interesting. It says that that's less than half the 685 million the Dallas oil producer paid for the assets. So uh, they're, they're getting a lot less than what they paid for it uh, because when they, when they bought it, oil was at a hundred dollars a barrel. So uh, in, some, in one sense, you know, they're taking a hit, but they're, they're just seeing an opportunity and they're trying to capitalize on that opportunity in Haynesville and Bozier shale. Um, Pretty interesting stuff here. Uh, the person who is buying it is a private equity back company in Austin called Venado Oil and Gas. Yeah, uh, Ryan. Yeah, sorry, Josh. Let me cut you off there. Um, you know, a couple of things. Think about this. So, a few weeks ago, we talked about Exxon uh, buying acreage in the Permian. Okay, so the price of the Permian is not the price of oil right now is what fifty dollars a barrel. Okay, mm-hmm. and they're paying ten times more for Permian acreage than they did four years ago, and oil's at fifty dollars a barrel. In the Eagleford, Exco is having to sell their assets for half of what they half, paid for it half. at a hundred a barrel. Right. It's just kind of it's this is a weird dynamic there. You know, you sit back that and you is. go, wait, Exxon's paying ten times more for the Permian than the and so you kind of to piggyback off of what I said about the last article is you'll read some of this stuff and you go, Wait, that doesn't make any sense, you know. This is why we gotta have these really in depth articles that kind of break down, well, why would you want to do that? And there's a lot of reasons why, but the economics of the play itself. So I just I just found that interesting. We talk about prices of the Permian and you know how the Permian prices are just skyrocketing time after time again and companies keep buying and the price is at fifty dollars a barrel. And here you have just a you know hundred two hundred miles south or whatever it is to the Eagleford um, companies are selling their acreage and 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 Eagleford production obviously is ramping up as well. But you know this company is selling their acreage for half of what they bought it for, and it's just it's the same market. So I just I found that aspect uh, interesting. I, d- I did tell you before we got online. I don't know we we are bidding on a project and so uh, kind of in some of these areas and so I don't want to get too much into um, what's going on there, but. 
Um, I, I'll tell you who I'm calling this week. I'm calling Venado Oil and Gas. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I'm calling them to see if they, they need anybody to uh, work on some of them wells they just bought uh, because uh, they're about to go to go into production, I'm sure. So that was, uh, you know, and that's, and, you know, that's just the simple stuff, Josh. Sometimes we look at the oil and gas industry and we might get caught up in all the big numbers as we saw the last article. But then here's a simple article. Okay, I'm an oil and gas professional. I, I either have a job um, – as working for a company that sells oil and gas companies, or I need a job. Here you go. Veneto Oil and Gas. They're getting a call from me next week. Why? Because I have services that can help them. I don't know, you know, I don't know anything about them. I'm going to research them. I'm going to figure out where they're at. They're in Austin, so I'm going to figure out where they're at, who owns them, what else they've done, and I'm going to build out a little portfolio, and I'm going to pick up the phone, and I'm going to call them and say, hey, these are the services that I offer. Um, I saw you bought some assets. We've worked down that area extensively. Can, can we be of service to you? And, and we're going to start to build a relationship from there. So sometimes we get caught up in all the um, the numbers, and that's important. But on the flip side, we need to sit back on these articles. And it, it looks, if you look at this article, it's got, what, uh, seven, eight senses in it, something like that maybe? not you know, yep. Six senses, right? No, nothing major, but at the end of the day, here you go, a potential client that just bought acreage that's getting ready to go to work in the Eagle for uh, potentially. Obviously, there's a lot of you know unknowns about you know when all this is going to happen and all this stuff. But guess what? Here we go. Venado Oil and Gas needs to get a phone call from anyone in the oil and gas business saying, hey, um, we're ready to do work. Can we help you out? And so I, I love that sometimes you look at these articles and they appear to not have enough information. Um, but if you really look at it and think about it, boom, there it is, Venado Oil and Gas. That's about two and a half hours from where I'm sitting at right now. Uh, and i got to go to Corpus Christi next week, so I'm going to try to get down there and see them uh, on my way down to Corpus. So simple exactly. as that. Yeah. You gotta. You, there's so many opportunities out there. You just have to look at some of the practical actions that you can take to capitalize. I mean, anytime there's someone buying or selling, yeah, uh, right, Absolutely. it's opportunities. Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't know anything about Veneto, so it's not like I've got some kind of secret in. I'm just telling you, as someone in the business, when I see an article like this, I might get frustrated because it doesn't have the depth of the previous article. But on the flip side, it's got at the end of the day, it's got what I need. There's a company who's buying stuff, so they're going to be spending money, um, and I need to find out when they're going to spend it and do they need the services that I offer. And it's as simple as that. And so, folks, don't, don't call them until two weeks from now because i got to call them this week. So <laughs> right. I'm joking, of course. But the point is is that you know, anytime we're in the oil and gas business and we're trying to find jobs, we're trying to look for stuff. And if I didn't have a job, just real quick, just to throw it out there, if, we didn't have, if I didn't have a job and I was looking for one, um, all the companies that I was applying for right now, I'd call them up and say, hey, guess what? I just saw about a company called Venado Oil and Gas based out of Austin. They just bought Exco's resources. Here's all the contact information. Here's their drilling permits for the last year. Here's their portfolio. Here's links to the website. Here's a link to all the corporate officers I could find. I would, I would make a nice two to three page PDF document. And then I would say, here you go. And then also, if y'all don't have time to call them, I'll call them on your behalf. So, you know, if you're, if you're still in that spot where you hadn't found a job, there's another way to get a job right there is to go and to do the work for someone like myself who's got to go, okay, i got to call these people. i got to do all this stuff. Well, we'll go ahead and take that initiative and, and, and these potential employers that you're looking to hire you. Um, do that work for them. Give it to them. And guess what? You show that kind of initiative, Josh, you're going to get a job, I would think. Could you imagine turning someone down um, You know, if, if he kept coming to you or she kept coming to you with all this kind of good information? You go, man, oh, right. that's the kind of person I'm looking for. I don't know if I have a spot that fits your exact talent, but if you've got this kind of initiative, I'm sure we can fit you in somewhere. Right, exactly. That's great, man. That's great. Well, uh, Ryan, we uh, we covered the the four articles uh, that we had today. Now we're jumping over to the rig count. Uh, is there anything you want to cover before we jump on the the rig count? 
No, 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 no. Oh, oh, I did want to mention, yes, I'm sorry. There is one thing. Um, and I think we're going to get on this next week. Um, one of the things that I, I'm, I'm excited about is there's some power plants that are going on in the um, that are uh, carbon emission-free or almost zero, if you will. Um, and so next week we're going to try to get into some of that. So if you're not keeping up with what's going on on that side of the business, then you need to start looking into, into that because there's going to be a lot of opportunity there down the road as well. Okay, great. All right, well, jumping into the rig count, uh, the U.S. rig count was up by eight uh, for the week. Um, Texas has 420 rigs. Uh, in the Permian, there was 339. The Eagleford has 75. Uh, you add those up, Permian and Eagleford account for 414 of the 420. So there are six others in, in, uh, in Texas that are not in the Permian or the Eagleford. Uh, so week after week, man, we see the numbers going up, uh, rig counts are increasing, which is great. Uh, so we're hopeful that, uh, this, this trend will continue. Um, any, anything else, Ryan, I know, uh, you got the API YP, uh, is there a, yeah, they, any- they have an event coming up, uh, this Thursday. I'm glad you reminded me. They've got a lunch series event coming up this Thursday. I will link to the API YP website in the show notes. so You can find that, but yeah. They do. They have an event come up this Thursday, and we're looking at doing a possible power plant tour in a few months. So a couple of things they have on the horizon. Great, great. All right, man. Well, uh, I, I enjoyed the show today, Ryan, and uh, I think that, that covers it. Okay, well, well, um, just a few final reminders, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you could, leave us a rating or review in iTunes. Um, we would appreciate to hear your feedback. Also, uh, I threw this out there a few weeks ago, and we've had some listeners that have reached out. If you are interested in some networking opportunities that um, we're looking to bring some organizations to DFW, um, but we want to see what the interest is there. And so we're trying to kind of gauge that uh, to see if there will be enough interest to kind of put the time and work to uh, bring these there. Um, so go to globalenergymedia.com slash contact, and you can reach out to Josh or myself there. With that being said, uh, one final reminder, if you are in the energy business, which if you listen to this podcast, you should be, the Trump 100-Day Roundtable, I really think you're going to enjoy that. So go to the Global Energy Leaders Podcast, and you can check that out the week of May the 3rd. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, keep climbing. (music) 